Chuck on the Twitch. No one even noticed he was uh, he was there until he got hurt. Does that make it better? Yeah, to say it doesn't matter. Does that mean Tank Dell is going to play football again? Like he, he's injured. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I'm getting crushed on Twitter for uh, for posting this question. Uh, did the Texans abuse Tank Dell? Because abuse is a strong word. Abuse abuse is a strong word. But you have a 150 pound receiver. Not only that. Not only is he 5'10", 150 pounds, but he is your most electric offensive weapon. Nico Collins, very good. Right. He's not more electric than Tank Dell. Nico might be a better receiver than, uh, than Tank Dell. Nico might be better a receiver than Tank Dell. He's not more electric. You have your most electric wide receiver, playmaker, blocking in the box whenever he's 5'10", 165 pounds. And I get that it's football. I get that injuries happen. Is Tank Dell... A hundred percent, absolutely necessary blocking in the box. Can you use a little disguise, a little decoy? Maybe you just run them on a go route, clear a corner. I understand that's tough to do on zone defense. Maybe that makes it a little bit difficult to have counters and play actions where you kind of show that early, and then Tank has a double move, which continues the drag, possibly. But is that trade off of losing that stuff worth the health and safety of Tank Dell? I would argue that the most important thing is the health and safety of Tangdale. I think it's the, the discussion for me is I don't think they abused him. I think they misused him. And I think that it would be interesting to find out. Isn't that the same, though? No, abusing is like overwork, and this is putting him in harm's way unnecessarily. Like every football because I don't know why you're chuckling at I just, it. Because, I don't know how that's not abuse. Uh, because I don't think football is, an, is, is a physical sport, right? But you're not abusing him if you have him on jet sweeps, if you have him getting the football to do exactly what you described him to be, an explosive game changer by being a playmaker on your football field. But I think that you misuse him when you're going to use him in all those different ways to be explosive. This was not going to be an explosive play. This was not going to be a play where he was going to possibly get chunk yards for you or break free and do something you know big in the passing or running game. This was a play where it was pretty much the way you were lined up, one thing and one thing only. It was going to be a scrum to get one yard. That dive with Damian Pierce, who runs into his own dudes. Yeah, so with that being said, I think that was, instead of abuse, that was misuse. That was where he just shouldn't have been on the field for that type of setup. Someone someone else just texted that it's misuse. Okay, I don't want a Webster's Dictionary abuse. Use to bad effect or for a bad purpose. Misuse. What, they texted you the definition? I Googled it. I, oh. I know how to work the computer. Well, I didn't say that. So I like, you said someone texted No, me. someone did text oh. yours. Somebody, someone texted that it's misuse. Someone also agreed with you that it's misuse, not abuse. The definition of abuse is misuse. Like, <laughs> so. my, my thing with the whole Tank Dell situation is that like I get I don't want to take him off the field. Like I think the idea of like, removing him from the field in that situation is a mistake because you're just automatically telling the opposing team what's going on. But I would say, I pretty much can guarantee you, if you watch... The Miami Dolphins. There's no way Tyreek Hill's doing that. Like, there's no way that Justin Jefferson's doing that in Minnesota. Maybe he's a little bit bigger, but like, yeah, you're definitely. not putting your wide receivers that are that important and that size in that position. That's where I think it's like you're right. Using him as a decoy. Do that with Robert Woods. Do yes. that with Noah Brown. Yeah, that's, that's what saying. they're there. Do that for. with Xavier. Yeah. Well, I know he wasn't active. Don't do that with but, your most electric little bitty wide receiver. Yeah. And, and do you think like even do you think that uh, Zay Flowers is doing that in Baltimore? I doubt it. Like, I, don't I don't think so. I don't watch them that closely I don't, to know. Obviously. So I can't go on record and be like, they don't do it. I don't watch them closely enough to know. Maybe I'll turn on a Miami game from this past week on the All-22 and see if they do that on running I'm not, Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to like right. pinpoint it, but I'm saying that's why I think I tried to describe it for you. I wasn't trying to give you a definition. I would, I would doubt it. I, I, I just don't. I, I think that's what we've been saying all along. You have 
a, a roster full of receivers that are over 6'2", 6'3", that are physical, that are big, too. You have other options. Even a John Mechie is a more physically strong version of a Tank Dell. Not obviously as electric, not as fast right now. But the, the fact of the matter is you had other options if that's the play you're going to run. And, Joe, if you're not going to change personnel, then I think that the only way that it makes sense is he's a late move-in-motion distraction as opposed to a guy that might get caught in the wash. Yeah, like, I, I would really, like, I just going back to Miami, like, I would bet that, like, when they're in that situation and they're going to give the ball to Moster or HN, what you see before the play, I would guess, is Tyreek Hill moving in motion from one side of the field to the other. So that way, if Tua wants to make an audible and go to a pass, he knows if he has man or zone coverage, and Tyreek Hill is moving away from the ball as far as possible. I don't have the – it's not the end-all, be-all. Like, it is an unlucky injury. Like, that is For the sure. thing, too. It is not like – this is not a concussion, running over the middle, punt return, kick return. It's probably the least avoidable and even if they do it again, I don't think it's the worst thing you could do. Like, I don't think this needs to be in the tank rules because... See, I do. I think so, too. I'm there. I didn't know where I was until we started this I conversation. Yesterday. I adamantly thought... It, I went right back to our tank rules and said, that is one right there that is a, a no-brainer for me. He should not be on the field for, for that personnel and that setup. On two fronts. On two fronts. One, like, to Joe's points. Like, Joe, you're talking about both sides of your mouth a little bit here. Like, they're, they're not doing this with Tyreek Hill. You're not doing this with probably some of your best little receivers in the NFL. I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing that. Also, you're not going to do it with little bitty receivers, plus the effectiveness of blocking whenever you're little bitty is not outstanding. It's not great. Uh, I am going to add this to the Tank Dell but, but don't you think, too, guys, that the fact that if you – that's what I was saying earlier, like there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So if you move him in motion and he takes the safety out of the play because the safety or someone in that personnel group for the defense has to follow him and pay attention to him – you're essentially doing the same thing as throwing him into the scrum to block the safety to keep the safety off the, the running back. Yeah, the other part of this equation, though, and this is where, like, I think, you know, when we did the Jordan rules, part of it was, like, protecting Jordan from himself, like making sure he did not put himself in harm's way. I'm, I'm curious if you gave Bobby Slowick and D'Amico truth serum and were like, is that really where Tank Dell was supposed to end up on that play? Like, I know he's trying to push to the next level and get to a linebacker or safety, but, like, is Tank Dell really supposed to be in the middle of that scrum in that situation? I just... I think he was. You think so? I think that was the design. Yeah, you see both yeah. receivers he's kind of coming to- in. And plus, like, here's a counterpoint. It did was it was the block that led to the touchdown. Like if 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 Tank doesn't make that block, the safety has a chance to make the stop on Damian Pierce before he gets in. Because yeah, he's not the lead blocker, but his he's supposed to get the second level. He's supposed to get the, the 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 safety coming in late, trying to create the havoc. It's just that there's another guy that can do that for you. That's probably a better option because they're bigger and stronger and more physical. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six HRP listener line. Let's go out there now for Javier. Javier, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I was listening to y'all last week about uh, Tank Dell and protect that from himself. I definitely agree with y'all that we need to have taken certain precautions. This was one of them. He has no business in the box. Definitely a specialized decoy, but no business in the box. In the box. With, uh, his, his specialty was definitely his speed. You're right. He's the, one of the littlest guys on the team. We need to utilize that. It was definitely a case of abuse slash misuse. We can, you know, argue about the wording later, but definitely agree with both of y'all. He should not have been in the box. We've lost one of our best offensive weapons for the season. He should not have yet no business being in there. And like Joe George says, you're not going to put in 
one of the like elite receivers in there to block. They are they're receivers. They are paid to catch the ball and do explosive plays. They're not paid to. I mean, they're paid to block, but that is not their primary use. So we need to have really looked at why he well, why they even put him into that into that horrific situation. You know, you know, for, you know, prayers are with him. You know, he's a special kid. Mm-hmm. We'll get him back next year. But he should never have been in that situation. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call, Javier. Look, I'll throw it to you, Joe. I'll take your your uh, scenario, but I'll throw it at you guys a different way. True serum right now. If Bobby and 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 D'Amico are sitting in the office talking about it, don't you think that there's a ton of regret that he was on the field for that play? Mm, yeah, I would. I would say either regret that he was on the field or regret that he wasn't doing something else. Yes, like yeah. I don't want to nitpick that. Like regret that he was either a on the field or b that he's just not running a go and taking a defender with him. I, like I, instead of blocking the safety, just take a defender with you as you run a go to the back of the end zone. Yeah, I think that if they're sitting there talking about it, they're going, you know what? We never should have had him doing that. Yeah, and, and, and look, Nick Casario should realize like maybe getting tight ends that could block would help in these situations too. Because like that's one thing from this I mean, game and this Brevin season. Jordan's a big this, this boy, is, though, right? This, this, it's a separate conversation. Like, fair, fair. And Brevin Jordan, kind of an undersized tight end, not known for his blocking, no more for his receiving. Dalton Schultz is not known for his blocking, uh, no more for his receiving. That's fair. But the design on this specific play was the running back or the receiver comes in and blocks the safety. Yeah, I guess my point this is... This is much different than, like, it's two different conversations. Well, I guess kind of my point is that, like, you don't have to have Tank Dell. In this situation, because he like no, he I mean, might still, be a better blocker uh, than Brevin Jordan. You're still getting numbers though. Like you're, you, oh, that's the on. point. The receiver being like out wide, and the reason he's running into the box is so you gain a number advantage. So you have more hats than they have hats. So this isn't like a wide receiver tied in thing. Now it's a should Tank Dell at five ten hundred and fifty pounds ever be blocking in the box? Whenever he's your most electric wide receiver, I, I think it's a hundred percent fair to criticize this. I was stunned that this was not asked to D'Amico Ryan's either a after the game yesterday or b at the press conference today like it's the the one most critical yes, thing that you can look at uh whenever you're talking about you know yesterday's game a uh, 5912 uh I didn't uh, don't know if y'all have talked about it but a Bronco player was pushing their elbow on Tank Dell's leg uh I saw that yep. what did you think of that well that's what I brought up earlier I, I mean we can't think that everybody is trying to protect their brother even if they're in a different uniform because you know they're all you know on the same team at the end of the day there are guys that just are they they play football and, and they are out there to do whatever they can to catch an advantage and win a football game. And unfortunately, some dudes we've heard about at what happens at the bottom of those scrums. Well, you saw it because at the bottom of those scrums, whether they're biting or scratching or clawing or, or trying to do things like that, if you can't take out a quarterback, but you know you're laying on a guy that's an impact player for the other team, some guys are thinking about doing something yeah. to make sure he doesn't play. If you look at another angle of it, though, like he's the guy who tackled Damian Pierce. Like I don't think that there was anything nefarious about it. Like to me, he tackled Pierce and he landed on Tank Dell's leg, and he also had an offensive lineman laying on his feet. So like, where's he supposed to go? Like I, that to me, I thought was a massive reach. I, I didn't pay any attention to that. I don't. I don't think it was anything. Like I don't think that there was negative motives there. One one eight five in all capital letters. No, they should not use Tank Dell that way. Two four eight four. Tank is an unselfish player who would. Do anything to help his team win. As an offensive coordinator, you take that into account. Don't put him in those certain situations. That's that's the other thing too. That's why the that's why when Bobby Slowick two weeks ago said that Tank Dell thinks he's Nico Collins, people were like, "Oh yeah, we love that soundbite, Tank Dell. He's so tough." And I'm sitting there thinking to myself. 
you don't want your 5'8", 150-pounder. Like, you want him to be tough, but you also have to protect a player that thinks that way. Like, on this play, maybe don't tell Tank, hey, let's, let's not do that. Or even, like, some of this is on Tank a little bit, too. Like, we, we talked all offseason after the Texans drafted Tank Dell. Like, hey, you got to be aware that you're not very big. We appreciate your heart, appreciate your toughness, appreciate all of that. Like, the lesson that I, I hope that Tank Dell learns from this is, you got to protect yourselves because you're so important to this offense. And that's a business decision, not just for yourself. That's a business decision for your team because you have to keep yourself out of harm's way because of how impactful you are for the, the, the long-term and the short-term of this team's success. And I think as a coach, yeah, you coach them up. Yeah, you teach them things. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you do things to utilize their best skills and attributes. In this case, one of the other things you have to do as a coach is you've got to keep – Tank Dell from Tank Dell. You got to protect him from himself and realize, hey, I know you want to go mix it up with linemen and and do whatever you can to help the team, but we can't afford to lose you. So I got to make sure you don't do those things. Five eight seven four protecting Dell is a double edged sword. If you don't use him in run plays, you're going to know that when he's not in, it's probably going to be a run play. Mostly true. Now you can run play in disguise, just a pass, and you take a corner with you. It takes a guy out of the play. Um, that you see that all the time. Nine two four three. I just uh, I think just like Slowick was complicit in the sacks of CJ when he took on play action, he's complicit in Tank's injuries. He has to do better. It's a weird way to use Tank Dell. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I believe. What did you learn from this college football weekend, boy? Is there news? Uh, what do you believe after the weekend that was in college football? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Something you should already believe is that uh, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm if you're ever involved in a car accident. You already know that. Tell your friends though, Hollingsworth Law Firm. Let them know too that you do not pay a single dime into you win your case outright. Yeah, Jeremy, Hollingsworth Law Firm, they're game changers, and they specialize in car wrecks, and that's what you want when you're in a car wreck. Not someone that is a general attorney that does a lot of different things. They do a lot of different things, but they do this better than anybody else. You want them on your side, and you want to be proactive. You don't know when you're going to get in a car accident, but when you do, you need someone that's there with you every step of the way, fighting the insurance companies, fighting for you with the other driver, fighting for what's rightfully yours, and you'd get that with the Hollingsworth Law Firm. They're going to be in your corner. And if you save their phone number and you can reference it when you get in a car wreck, you're already winning because they're going to be there for you every step of the way. Yeah, put that number in the phone. 713-999-8773. Don't let these insurance companies run all over you. Maybe you've been in a car wreck recently, too. Well, call for a free consultation. Why not do that? 713-999-8773. You can visit them online as well at carwrecktexas.com, carwrecktexas.com. What's up, bro? You believe now? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you believe that? Huh? All right, what do you believe after this college football weekend? We saw the selection committee do its thing. A lot of people feel like they got screwed. We saw the, uh, the best coach in the coaching carousel sign a deal with the Houston Cougars. Go Cougs. Press conference earlier today. What do you believe, Blankers? I believe the college football committee got it right. I I don't like it, and I know we're going to a different format and everything like that, but having stomached watching that entire Florida State-Louisville game, and I did watch a lot of the Florida State-Florida game, it was tough to watch. And I know it, it's horrible for the kids, and I know that it is unfair in the fact that you know they lost one-and-a-half quarterbacks, and they could, they could get their backup back at some point. But when you look at it, it's hard to say anything other than the committee is basing this on the fact that past precedents played into this. 
with the fact that they don't like when the, the semifinals or there are blowouts in the final four and that money matters and that I'm sure that they felt it from a pressure from a lot of different directions. And I feel like they did what they felt like they had to do to get the four best teams with, okay. to give you the four best games. So you are you um, you say they got it right. What's your basis of right? What are they? What is right based on? Is it because these are the best four? Is it because it's the most entertaining semifinal for television? It's because is it because they have the best resume? Tell me why you think. They're I think the they best. got it right because they're the four best teams right now. Okay, because of the fact that. Florida State can't be the best version of Florida State All right. with that situation I at think, quarterback. I think a team got screwed on either basis. If you're saying that it's the best four, I think a team has been screwed. If you're saying that it's the best resume, I think a team has been screwed. Let, let's argue the, the they got it right because of the best teams. Do you think Georgia would be favored in a game against Michigan? I think actually, no, I, I understand. Okay, what you're so you think Michigan will be favored think, in games against Georgia? Joe, do you think that too? No, I, I think Georgia would have been favored against any team that they played if they were in. So they were screwed. I think just, they were screwed. I think two teams were screwed. Yeah, I, they I, didn't get it right then. No, but see, I, I, think they, I believe they got it right. So based on the format that they had to choose from. What is it, best or is it best resume? I think because it was four, it, it, I, I think the timing sucks for Georgia. And, and, the, and losing as late as they did. They're, they, there's no doubt they got screwed. You just too. threw out best, like you said that they'd be better than anybody. They'd be they'd be they'd be favorites against anybody. Okay, cool. Then they got screwed if this is the best four. I think two teams got screwed. Uh, well, it depends on how you're determining the best. Like if if you're going off of res or how you're defining the four. If you're going off resume, Florida State got absolutely got screwed. Yep. And if you're going off of resume, maybe Florida State should have lied about the injury of their quarterback Jordan Trapp. They should have said it was a high ankle sprain. He's gonna be back by the playoffs. Why not? You're taking care of your own? Are you being selfish? Sure, but you're taking care of your own. If you're going best teams, Georgia's one of the best four teams in the country. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. If you're going best resumes, Florida State has one of the top four resumes. Yes, they do. Okay, so here's where I think I understand they went undefeated. Mm-hmm. However, the four teams that are in the college football playoff, each one of them has a top five victory this season. Michigan beat Ohio State. Washington beat Oregon. Texas beat Alabama. Okay, so you're using top five at the time they played, which is totally unfair. It should be where they're finished. Like, who cares if a team was ranked three, but they finished 33rd? Well, but so that they beat Oregon twice, Washington, so Not Oregon. in the top five. So it's a top ten win. Okay. So then Alabama, then Georgia has how many top ten wins this year? Probably no. Well, top ten, I'm not sure where Missouri landed. I'm not sure where that's Ole Miss why landed. It's, it's, Missouri is the one. But, like... I just I think they got the, they got it right based on the fact they got the four best conference champions. I think that is what four they best did best conference right. champions. Okay, because this is the first time where you had five conference champions that all had a real argument to be in, and it's not the team's fault or the committee's fault that these morons who run these conferences. There's hmm. five power conferences. They said only four teams make it. So I think they got it right because they got the four best conference champions. That's an interesting way in to phrase the final that. four. The way you phrase that, it's hard to push back because Georgia's not a conference champion. And in terms of best teams... It's better than me using best. Because I wouldn't... I would agree to what you just said. I would agree with what you just said. Now, if I'm putting my playoff together, 
I'm going off resume because if you're not going off resume, what's the point of even playing football games? Like if you're the best team in the country, just don't play a game. You have the best roster. They're going to pick you for this final four. So, then who so really be... it's a combination of resume and best. They just won't say that. They won't. It really is a combination of resume plus best, some weird algorithm that nobody knows except for these athletic directors that quite frankly, none of them watch these teams play. Do you think anybody on this committee is watching every single snap of these teams that no. are contenders? No. So why are they picking the teams? They, they shouldn't be. It's so, it's so, if this would have happened, here's what I believe. I believe if this would have happened five years ago, we'd have already had a 12-team playoff. Agreed. Mm-hmm. The second thing, I believe that based on how I would pick the four teams, I like the way that you phrased it, though, because I can't really have a pushback on that. Sorry. I don't like that. It's really well played. I would have had Florida State ahead of Alabama. And I know it's going to tick off a lot of people. I would have had Florida State ahead of Alabama. Florida State won every single one of their games. I don't think the SEC is as good as this year as they've been in the past. What's the SEC's best win? What's the SEC's best when they beat each other? Exactly. What did Alabama do against LSU? They won by 14. Good win at home. What did Florida State do against LSU? They smoked them by 21 on a neutral field. What did Alabama do in that Auburn game? Like, everybody, well, Florida State didn't look good against top 20 Louisville, and they, you know, they, they held them to under, you know, single digit points. They beat, what was the final? 13 3. I don't even remember. What did, what did Alabama do against an lousy Auburn team? They were a miracle away yeah. from losing. A miracle away from losing to an Auburn team that the week before lost to New Mexico State. Alabama has no business being in the Final Four over Florida State. And it is a travesty. They got absolutely screwed. Now, Florida State also got screwed by Georgia. Because if Georgia beats Alabama, then Georgia and Florida State are in the college football semifinal. And Alabama and Texas are out. And Longhorn, whoa, what do you mean? We're going to be out. Well, your win against Alabama now is not as grand because Alabama now has two losses. They would be probably somewhere between 8th to 10th in the college football final rankings. So Florida State would have been ahead ahead of Texas. Texas should send Christmas cards to Alabama and Nick Saban. Oh, there's no doubt about that. That, That's a fact. But when you look at it, the bigger picture is just the fact that finances – and, and and pressure definitely played into it, and they won't admit that, and they don't want to factor that in, but it absolutely did. Facts. That's well, 100% it, and true. And the thing is, too, is like I understand Florida State won their conference, but it's not a good conference. Like, if you look Neither at... Neither was the SEC! But here's the thing. They, you, yeah, they actually if said... If you S- look at this format that's coming next year, the only team in the top 10 that is not a part of the new Big Ten and the new SEC is Florida State. Washington, Oregon, all these schools, Texas, Oklahoma, they are all part of the Big Ten and the SEC. The ACC is not a good conference. You know why I know that? Because Florida State told me after a week, before week one of the season, they wrote a letter saying, we want out. This is a weird argument to use not being invited to the college football invitational. What you're calling the college football invitational now. Florida State's like, I don't want to be in the ACC yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean, Texas did that to the Big 12. Like, they're I in. Know. Like, I don't know how I... Because Washington did that to the Pac-12, the Pac-2. And I understand. In. Like, I don't understand that but like logic. But, the, the Florida State's conference is not good. Like, it's just, it's not. It was the SEC this year. I agree. Cle- I said that. The, the, and the these SEC's trolls on Twitch tried to yeah. tell me I was wrong all week last week. They just don't have a great win. And all their wins are against each other. Um, you have any other, I believe? I believe I, I'm, I think I, I'm retiring. By the way, from arguing about the four-team college football invitational, today is the last time I will ever argue about the four-team college football invitational. I'm retiring. I'm dead serious. Well, it's because it's over. And it helps. Yeah, but are you, but it helps a lot. This week, it still may come up. It's not coming up again. I'm done. Uh, put a put a what is it a muzzle? I think I think the conversation like it. Look, the thing about the injured quarterback stuff, and when I said that, I did not even realize that it's in their bylaws. 
It is in their bylaws. I hate how it's only quarterbacks, though. Like, Texas should no. be in. This isn't a Texas thing. I think Texas should be in. Jonathan Brooks is out for the year. I don't know the status of Xavier Worthy. Those are pretty yeah. critical well, pieces Worthy's for the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. And, and I do think You're Texas right. should be in. Uh, Texas would be in my Final Four. I would have Florida State three. I would have Texas four. Alabama would be out. I would have left the SEC out. Yeah, I know. I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I would have left Alabama and put in Florida State. If we're going off resume. Now, yeah. if we're going off best, Georgia's in my Final Four. Head to head matters, too. I, I, it, that's why no I have ma- Texas ahead yeah, of Alabama. No matter yeah. where it happened in the season, head to head has to mean something. But that's why, that's why Texas had to have Alabama beat Georgia. Because if Texas, if Alabama doesn't beat Georgia, well, Texas' best wins a two loss Alabama right. team that's eighth instead of fourth. Like, if that does not happen, Texas would not – Florida State would have been in ahead of Texas. And uh, I believe the University of Houston made a absolutely Facts. fantastic hire, and Willie Fritz will have the Cougs in the 12-team playoff in the next three years. Mm. I think they made a great hire as well, and I saw some people trying to take, like, pot shots at him, which were just ridiculous to me. Because what were the uh, pot shots? That – in terms of what they did and who they played and how they got there, and I saw oh. a couple people tweeting. It's like, look, he, he coached the schedule he was he was given, and he coached up every team that he had, and, and he's done a ton of good things, and it's not just a one-and-done situation, like one year and a fluke. He keeps doing it, mm-hmm. and I think he was the perfect fit at the right time for the yeah, U of a. I think they hit a home run, too. I think it was a, a great hi- I think it was a great hire. He won at Bland, a couple national titles. Juco, yeah, but still, he won. Uh, won at Central Missouri, won national, actually didn't win a national championship, went to two national championships at Sam Houston, uh, bowl, a bowl team at Georgia Southern, and then Tulane. I mean, you won a New Year's Six game at Tulane, which is not an easy place to win. Uh, should we sneak in Art here real quick, Joe? Let's do it real quick. Let's go to Art on the HRP listener line. Art, you're in the high. What's up? Hey, guys. I think the committee got it halfway right. Um, obviously, Florida State is not. If you had a thousand dollars to bet right now, you wouldn't bet it on Florida State to win if they were in the in the four. Mm-hmm. And I think on the other side, it seems like Washington just got the benefit of the doubt of playing on Friday, and they were like automatically in. Like, were they even in the argument? Uh, if you look at their record, they they won so many games with under a touchdown. They barely got to get, you know, scraped by against Oregon State, Washington State. I mean, if I'm picking the top four, it's Michigan, Georgia, Texas, and Alabama, right? Like, it's not not, uh, not Washington either. Why, why did the Pac-12 that's disintegrating get favoritism, I guess, over yeah. the ACC or anything like that? Like, we appreciate it, Art. Uh, Pac, the Pac-12 was loaded this year. Mm-hmm. It was loaded. Uh, Washington's schedule, like, week in, week out. Like were they against Pac-12 teams? Yeah, they're against Pac-12 teams, but they're undefeated. Like I don't think there was any doubt that like they should have been in ahead of Florida State. No, and you get the, a, a Heisman Trophy candidate, and you've got a team that was for most of the season exciting to watch, and the things that they were doing in, like you said, in a conference that had USC, that was you know for the early part of the season, you had the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, and you had everybody thinking USC was going to be there at the end of the year. Until you saw how bad their defense was. But you saw USC, you saw Oregon, you saw Washington. The conference really was overachieving. They had a ton of, of good teams, unlike what they've had in the past. I think Washington's a very deserving team in that Final Four. And I'm cool if you want to tell me best four. But if you're going to tell me best four, I still believe Georgia's one of the best four. Even though they lost to Bama. They lost by three points. Their kicker missed a kick. Uh, they lost the turnover battle, and they outgained Bama. I think if they play, I think if Georgia Bama played ten times, Georgia wins seven. There's an argument for everyone who made it to be out this year, and that's why it's great. Because even if you no, look, it's at, not great. College football invitation was the stupidest thing ever. The only thing that's stupider was the two team playoff. Right it's now, that we're getting a real playoff. We feel like all four teams could win it. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think there's the most parity that we've seen in a college football play. I mean, Michigan's favorite versus Alabama. A lot of people disagree with that, but I think it's the right move. It's a point and a half. Four. I bet you Michigan would have rather played Florida State. Oh, so, you saw their yeah. arts point. The re, the <laughs> you saw their fan base yeah. react. Yeah, yeah, which I'm cool the, going the best team four. Reaction. I'm cool yeah, going that whole best room. Four. Oh, I don't prefer best four. I prefer resume over best four. But if you're telling me it's best four, then you shouldn't leave out Georgia. All right, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Allstate Siding and Windows. And the reason why I want to tell you about them, they're the best in the business. And the fact of the matter is, if you're a homeowner, that is your most valuable and prized investment. You got to take care of it, just like you take care of anything else. You got to take care of it by making sure it's protected. It's going to be able to withstand the weather, the heat, the the, the cold weather, the, the hurricane season. And the way you do that better than anybody else is you go to Allstate Siding and Windows. It's the best upgrades you can do, because if you go for the siding, there's no more painting and staining and repairing the outside of your home. The siding does all that for you. It protects and creates that outer shell around your biggest investment. If you want to go to the windows, the windows the same way. They protect. They keep the storm and weather elements out. They keep the cold weather in and the, and the air conditioning in the summer. They keep the heat in the winter, and they keep you protected from the high winds of the hurricane season. The reason why I'm telling you about Allstate Siding and Windows is because they're the best in the business. They've been in Houston. They know Houstonians. They know the weather, and they know their jobs. They know their products. They know what's best for you. Mary and her staff, they're phenomenal. And they're going to make sure that they come to your house, tell you what's going to be the best fit for you and for your house, and the best prices are there, the best deals are there, and the best services there. Call them today and see if they can help you out with either siding or windows, 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936. Set up an appointment. Have them come out to your house. Let them tell you how they can help and make your house better and protect your investment more. They're also available on, online. Check them out all the time at allstatesidingandwindows.com. What's in the bag? Mommy? Mommy? What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? All right, time for our mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want, 713, within reason, within reason. 713, I know how some of you behave, within reason. 713-780-3776. Uh, is Stroud taking too many sacks? Ask a texter. I don't think so. I mean, I think it's football. I, I think you, you know what it's a product right I now. I promise that, you it is that. Yeah, and, and it's a product of the fact that the offensive line is beat up. It's depleted. We know that the, you know what's happened already to this offensive line. And I think that because of the fact that, yeah, you can argue, did they do they have enough? backups and did they plan accordingly but for the most part they're doing the best that they can and so is he ideally you never want your quarterback to get touched but it's, you can't be realistic and play football especially at the level that they're playing at and not understand that he's going to take some hits uh i think that they're more on the like either offensive line shifts and things like that and the offensive line that it is Stroud. Like, I don't really look at many of these sacks. Now, there were some two weeks ago, and, like, I haven't watched the tape on this one yet. I don't put a whole lot of the last few on Stroud. Now, in the game against Jacksonville, he probably had one or two where it's like, look, it's going to be a negative play, but it's better to have an incomplete pass as opposed to a loss of seven. I haven't seen a lot of them. I've seen, like, them sprinkled into a couple of games in the last few. Like, when you look at four sacks this week, I think it was maybe three or – it was five sacks this week. I think it was four sacks against Jacksonville. I would only put, like, one or two on Stroud. Yeah, the, the bigger thing is, is is he getting hit by free free blitzers 
where no one on the offensive line is even touching him because that's what should worry you most. The fact that he is going to try, he's trying to make plays and those things are going to happen. What you don't want is the guys that run free and take just, you know, whopper shots on your quarterback. Yep. 713-780-ESPN. What's your question for the Killer Bees? Uh, Ocho says, do you think Noah Brown will be targeted more with Tank Dell out? Asking for fantasy reasons. I think there's a pretty good chance. I think that yeah. you're hoping that Noah Brown becomes back to being the Noah Brown of a few weeks ago when he put back-to-back you know, career cha- career numbers up in games for this team. I-, I don't think that's realistic to expect that every week, but obviously you should expect his numbers to go up. Yeah, I. Uh, the answer is yes. I-, I think the better question, though, Ocho, is like which Texan other than Nico Collins benefits the most. Because now you're talking about either Noah Brown, Robert Woods, John Mechie. I, I would have Brown. Robert Woods was wide receiver four yesterday. He was on That's the crazy. field. I mean, Tank got hurt early, so it's tough to look. But but Robert Woods played less than Noah Brown and less than Nico Collins, obviously. Would have played less than Tank. So Robert Woods was your distant four. John Mechie was sprinkled in a little bit. I think Robert. I think Noah Brown over Robert Woods, John Mechie from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I agree with that because I think that you. I saw at least signs during the game yesterday. They were trying to see if Mechie could be, you know, fill into Tank's role. And they just realized real quick, he's not ready and he's never going to be as quick as Tank to try and do the things that Tank can do. He's um, he's got he's got some work to do. Yeah, I and don't think he's catching the ball like he used to either. He also, like, this is 12 games into his season. Like, how much better is he going to get by the end of the year? No, I, I think it's next year a bust. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this season. I still think he has a lot of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's coming in the final five games. Agreed. I think he'll be better by week 17 than he is today. But by leaps and bounds... I don't know. There was a couple plays from Mechie yesterday that I was pretty disappointed in. Eager to watch those on film a little bit later. Lamont, is Bobby Slowick overrated? I don't think so at all. I think he's still learning. I think we've seen this in terms of game planning in certain games, like Carolina. We've seen this in personnel use, whether you agree with it or not, and what happened to Tank in some other situations. But I think that you know it's on-the-job training for a guy that obviously has a very creative mind offensively, and when he's cooking, he's cooking really, really well. It's just that this is part of year one of the first time ever he's calling plays. I think that's it more than anything else. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I think that he's good. I mean, the Texans are sixth in the NFL in offense. Like, that's really, really good. And you have to give credit to the offensive coordinator with a rookie quarterback that has completely turned around a team that was dreadful offensively last year into the sixth best offense in the entire NFL this season. Now, while they're sixth in yards per game, they're ninth in scoring. So it kind of sometimes fizzles out when they get into the red zone, which is a concern. Sometimes he does do some things that I think are a little bit too cute. Like, he drew up, he tried to drop a touchdown or a, a throw the other day to Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. It's like, eh, like, just go play ball. Ball, man, you got a pretty good offense. Um, the Tank Dell thing is something you can be critical about. Using your little bitty itty receiver in the middle of a box on a halfback dive. Yeah, I get it's football and that bodies are going to be moving around and that it's a fluke injury. At the same time, you brought in your little itty bitty receiver into the box. So I think sometimes he gets a little too cute. I agree with you that it's because he's a first-year offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I think with time, all that stuff kind of gets ironed out. Yeah, and look, we also t- we also scrutinized when they were hell-bent on, on forcing the run, when the run wasn't working and very effective them for a couple of weeks, and realizing you c- it's okay to go to your strength and use the pass game more when the pass game was working as well as it's been working all year. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right, 713-780-3776. Uh, 9780, why is Pierce getting twice as many carries as Singleton? It's ridiculous. 
I mean, it's a great question. It is a great question. It's weird though because Singletary played a lot more. He was on the field way more. Yeah, and and, and we weren't talking about it last week. We knew that they neither one of them got the you know, they were playing a little bit more of the passing game and trying to play catch up. But both guys were on the field. It's just you were wondering. I was expecting a, a huge dose of Singletary and just sprinkles of Pierce. Same, and I thought I thought Pierce. Did you see the? Uh... <laughs> Did you see the first play of the second half where Pierce took a play action and took it out of the hands of C.J. Stroud? It was supposed to be a, a play action RPO, passing yeah. play, not even RPO. Like it looked like a straight play action, not even an RPO. Because RPO, you can make sense of it. You can pull it. Yeah, yeah RPO kind of makes sense. Like you have some disagreements sometimes running back, halfback. This was a play action pass, and every other player on the Texans offense, all ten, stared at Damian Pierce like he stole something from their locker. He took the handoff that. on a play action. Un- <laughs> it was hilarious. Low S2. Low S2, Damian Pierce. He had a couple of good runs, but yes, it shouldn't be Singletary getting, or uh, Pierce getting way more carries than Singletary. Doubled them almost, 15 to 8. Singletary didn't make play more snaps, though. Yeah, I give Singletary the ball more than Pierce. I would agree with that. Um, triple zero two. Is Dill Pickle the goat over its sour counterpart or sweet pickles? Okay. Dill Pickle or sweet pickle? Dill? See, for me, the. I've said this before. The bread and butter chips, the sweet sweet yeah. chip pickles are awesome. I don't love sweet pickles. It's weird to me. Like, it kind of tastes foreign. Like, it shouldn't happen. Like, when I bite into a pickle, not that I do this often, a pause, uh, I think it should be sour instead of sweet. Well, in the Midwest, you get your steady dose of every version of all the different versions of, of pickles. And the sweet chips on a burger are pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, I know people that like it. I think that you're, it's kind of a popular opinion. Can I give you my hot dog hot take? Sure. Do you okay. put ketchup on your hot dog? Absolutely. I do, I do too. Man, come on. You're asking me? <laughs> I do too, actually. I sweet relish does not belong. That should Completely be, That should be dill relish. I don't believe any relish belongs on a hot dog. Okay, but if you had to go one, sweet, rel- sweet relish on a dog or dill relish on a dog, I believe, and if you go to any concession stand, every single time it's sweet relish. There's never dill relish. Mm-hmm. It should be flipped. It should always be dill relish instead of sweet relish. Cash it or trash it. I mean, I, I you don't think, like relish. So I don't. You can kind of take yourself I, I, out I of think this. you should you should let people have their decision of, for either one, though. Okay, so I I would go dill ninety nine percent of the time, or I guess like ninety percent, because I think the sweet relish does work best on a traditional Chicago dog. I could see that with like the pepper, the onion, the salt, all that mm-hmm. stuff. It works mm-hmm. there, but like if it's not on a straight Chicago dog with all the other elements, I'm dill. Are you I, a kraut guy? I do. I love sauce. I like kraut too. I, I hate it. Love it. That's I what I think doesn't belong on like any kraut. hot dog or sauce. I didn't think that I would like a Chicago dog, and I did. I also didn't it's think good. I was going to like deep dish Chicago pizza. It's good. Why didn't you did. like the hot the the, the dog? Because the peppers? I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. I was like, this does not look appetizing to me. And then I tried it because I was in Chicago. And what do you do in Chicago? You get deep dish in a Chicago dog and wings from Pequods. And uh, I like the Chicago. I like you the Chicago wings, man. Yeah. You are a Dude, wing the wings from Pequot are fantastic. So, so good. There's one more I want to do. Oh, Honey Glaze Branham says, uh, do you think that Michael looks like Greg McElroy? A little bit. Yeah, I never thought of it before, but it. that's a good call. Yep. What do you think? Well, he says no. Oh, he's in there? I say yes. I think it's a compliment. Greg McElroy's a good-looking man. He got Greg. Greg got caught talking out both sides of his mouth over the weekend. Apparently, Herb Street did too. They, they all did because they all said Florida State's in if you well, went out. And then today, it was like very clear. Hey, company line is that things changed. Well, because Herbie had the tweet right. 
Stop yeah. worrying about it if you're Florida State. Just handle your business and win out, and you'll be fine. <laughs> We're getting crushed for putting ketchup on our hot dogs. All what? Right. <laughs> I knew that was coming, too. I really did. All right, NFL game balls. Who deserves a game ball for their performance over the weekend in the NFL? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at my bookie. Look, there's still a football game tonight, and Monday Night Football becomes a lot more entertaining. Yeah, it's Bengals and the Jags, but it can be more entertaining if you put some money down on it, and you could possibly benefit and actually profit from watching a football game. You do it at mybookie.ag because they're the best in the business. They've been in business a long time, so they're going to take care of you. Your money ain't going anywhere, and they're going to always be focused on you, the customer. They're doing it again right now from your initial sign-up bonus to your match bonus. They're doing the kind of things that make it even better to go into mybookie.ag when you want to put bets down. They have all the sports and all the time, all the in-game betting. But the biggest thing you need to remember is the, the code that we use, which is BET975. When you use that code BET975, you put anything from 50 to to $1,000 in your account, they're going to double it instantly. That means more money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances you can win. It's absolutely fantastic. They take care of you. And when there's no games going on, live dealers standing by for blackjack, for casino games like poker. And that way you can always have a chance to win some coin. That's why we always tell you to go to mybookie.ag and never forget our promo code, Bet975, because they are customer-focused. And there's so much more there. There's all the chances you can get to spin the wheel and get involved in some crazy odds. But the main thing you know is when you go there, they're going to treat you right. They're going to protect you, but they're going to take care of you with deals and bonuses like the ones they got going on now. Use that promo code Bet975, but as I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. What's the only place I tell you to do it? It's mybookie.ag, and use that promo code Bet975. Blank, I'm Branham. It's time to hand out NFL game balls. 713-780-3776. Who are you handing out game balls to? Blankers. First one to me, and there's multiple people that you could pick in this game, but I'm going to go with Debo. I'm going to go with Debo, Debo Samuels because he backed it up because he was quick to you know, jaw with the Eagles players and get into all of that and wasn't backing down from it, and he stepped up. And he backed it up every step of the way. Three touchdowns. He looked like he couldn't be stopped. He's such a unique and unbelievably physical football player that he beat you in the run game. He beat you in the pass game. And he got three touchdowns. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, he was uh, he was really good. But uh, I think that the most valuable player in that game, that might be the most valuable mm-hmm. player in the NFL this season, is a guy who's Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Betting favorite now. Pretty, pretty good. Is he? Is he? Is he? he uh, is the betting head of favorite. Dak? I yes, got, he is. I saw it today. It is plus three hundred. Brock Purdy yep. plus three fifty. Jalen Hurts and good. Dak Prescott. Got that email. Wow, he's the favorite. Yep. Could you imagine Mr. Irrelevant winning the MVP? That's what movies are made of. Just oh, say, I that's can't a wait. Kurt Warner story that's coming to a Hallmark Channel near Kurt you. Side note. Watch that movie this weekend. Was it, it bad? Sucked. Why did you watch that movie? This it keeps weekend? showing up on TikTok, and I'm like, let me give it a shot. You watch the movie on TikTok? No, like like clips of the movie show up on TikTok. So I I watched the whole thing. It's so bad. It's one of the worst sports movies I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. Why did you sit through the whole thing? I'm a pot committed kind of guy. Once I'm 30 minutes in, I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm with you as well. Oh, I can't believe you even tried to watch that. I know what a mistake. You know what? You just made the list. I'm always on you the list. You just made the list. Watching, I am the watching list. Watching the Kurt Warner. I just opened up the doc. Joe, for watching a lousy movie. So if you already know, you're probably not going to like it. You forced yourself to sit through. How long was it? <laughs> what was it called? 
I don't even remember. I think it was less than like two hours. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. Now I'm curious. I bet you... Was it from... Well, I need to know the movie name. 48%. Well, I need to know the movie name. Just Google Kurt Warner movie. I did, but it's two steps. American Underdog. Let's see here. Rotten Tomatoes gives American Underdog... What? 76? Stop. They got a tomato meter 76 and an audience score 98. I, Is it a bad take because you said it was bad? I thought the movie was awful. I was blown away that how poorly you talked about it that I got a 76 I, tomato meter. I did not think. I said That's 48%. I kind of knew the details of the story without having to watch it again, right? Wow, yeah. From from Checker at a grocery store. This, and- uh, the guy who played Kurt Warner is in The Wire. Yes. That's funny. What was he on the... He was like... Uh, he's that Irish name. Kurt Warner should have been a bear. Okay. Was the Packer backup. No, no, no. He was supposed to try out for the bears. He got stung by like a... Or bit by some kind of spider while he was on his honeymoon. So he couldn't try out for the bears. And they passed on him. He ended up with the Rams. That's weird. Yeah. That's like, bizarre. I mean, well, didn't he... He was the backup for the Packers first. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I yes, think he was. was. You should have watched the movie a little closer Closer. I don't think closer. That, I don't think the Packers part of the story was in there. Oh, no, that's but I'm just Kurt telling Warner. you, he was a backup for the Packers. Enough, Kurt Warner. Uh, speaking of the Packers, I'm giving my first game ball to Jordan Love. Mm. Love in his last three games. How do you not love him if you're if you're a Packer fan? 857 Jeez. yards in his last three games. It's nearly 300 a game. Eight touchdowns in his last three games. It's nearly three a game. Zero picks. Three and zero record. The Packers have their franchise quarterback, but it's not the numbers. Do you know what Jordan Love did yesterday? He is the first quarterback in history to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when Taylor Swift has been in the building. Mm-mm. Jordan Love gets my game ball. Jordan, <laughs> I'm not going to make a bad love joke there. All right, Joe. Uh, Kurt Warner was never on the regular season roster for the Packers. Um, Mike time. Evans, uh, he is absolutely incredible. Players with at least 11,000 receiving yards and nine reception touchdowns in their first 10 seasons. NFL history, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, Mike Evans. Houston Texan next year, yes or no? no. Do you want him to be, yes or no? Oh, yes. Do you I, want him to be, yes or I no? I think I would. Yes. I would take him in a heartbeat. I'm going to say yes and yes. I would take him in a heartbeat. There's a lot of people, whenever the Texans play Tampa Bay, oh, we don't need that washed guy. He's, we got Nico Collins. Cool, have them both. Wouldn't it be cool to have Mike Evans and Nico Collins and then Tank running around? That would be fantastic. He's good, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say yes. He'll be a Texan. Automatic too. It's like an automatic six or seven catches. Automatic, nearly hundred yards. Automatic touchdown. It seems like every single game for Mike Evans. All right, what's your next game ball here, Blinkers? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew. The fact that you come back in overtime, and as much as it's painful for Texans fans, the fact that they went down three in overtime, and then just kind of. Stepped up, sucked it up, went right down the field, marched right into the end zone, and got themselves another win. The whole story's been improbable. The fact that Indianapolis keeps winning with Gardner Minshew, shocking to me. But it shows you how, how much the value of a backup quarterback yeah. can be. Titans aren't very good. Levis got in an argument with Hopkins, which I kind of love to see. But then threw a touchdown to him. Ryan Tannehill. Somebody said that Ryan Tannehill should get a game ball. Ryan Tannehill cost him the game. If Ryan Tannehill puts down a decent hold on that field goal, yeah. or was it? It was an extra point. How was Nick? Foles? It was the extra point. Nick Foles was kicking and bunting because the because the yeah. punter got hurt. And then they fired the special teams coach. They did. Over. Yeah. I thought Michael Pittman was the best player in that game yesterday, though. Eleven catches, one hundred and five yards, a touchdown. That's, yeah. an, that's another one that. Another free agent. If it's not my free Evans, agent, he intrigues me with his talent. You think he'd be cheaper? cheaper? Oh yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. 
I think know. he might be. I don't know. That's because a great question. He's he's shown in spurts he's a really good player, but his quarterback play has been it's so nothing. bad. His numbers are not there you compared put, to other guys. You put Michael Pittman next to C.J. Stroud, Oof. Nico Collins, Tang Dell, draft a, draft a Devon Achan in the draft. Texans offense, top three next year. It's possible. Give me. I, I think I would... I think I would take Pittman over Evans. Now, oh, for sure. For longevity, the, right? The, well, yeah, both. And explosive. Well, I don't Mike's think the contract. Mike Evans has been pretty explosive this year. I don't think that the AAV is going to be as as big for Pittman. Because I think Evans is going to sign like a two, three-year deal, probably for like some good money AAV-wise. I think Pittman probably has a bigger total dollar I really do on his feel, contract. I feel like he is going to be the free agent that falls perfectly in the middle of the two guys we talk about the most. If you told me his they contract, signed Michael Pittman, I would love it. Yeah, his contract love will it. fall between Higgins fit. and Evans. It'll be somewhere in the middle of what those two guys get. I think I they assume. like that. I don't think so. You think he's closer to Higgins? No, no. I think he's third. You think he's third For behind AAV? I think he's Ugh. third. I just I don't think Pittman gets as big an AAV as Evans. Maybe. Now I think total contract Pittman gets more. That'd be an interesting bet. Coffee. I would make a coffee bet with you, but I win coffee bets and you get oh, coffee for blinkers. I'll bring, I'll bring you here coffee here tomorrow. Go. I'm going to give another game ball to uh, Jared Goff. Two touchdowns. This guy should be in your fantasy Frauds. football lineup. He is a he, he's probably winning you week 13 fantasy football games uh, by himself. So he should be in your fantasy lineups each and every week. Uh, also, Sam Laporta, nine catches, 140 yards, yep. a touchdown. Uh, someone said that he got him 26 points in fantasy football. Could have been a Houston Texan. How about a game ball to anybody that stomached the entire game of the Chargers one. over New England 6 nothing? That's, that's, that's a good one, but I also would question their intelligence. Or you have to really salute their loyalty. Yeah. Like when we were talking about fandomonium, like if you didn't leave your team's side after having you endure that's that. That's a good call. A fan of one of those teams, game ball, if you stuck through that. Yep. If you're a neutral fan of football and you watch that game, then you need to give your football you're card an back. You're idiot. you got to get your football <laughs> card back. Or you better get uh, red zone and uh, uh, league pass. Devon Achan deserves a game ball, too. He should be automatic in your fantasy lineup. 73 total yards, two touchdowns. All right, Joe. Matt Stafford, three touchdowns this you weekend. this. Like, they're in the playoffs now. Uh, they look good on offense. Puka went nuts again, too, didn't he? he? Yeah, four Did catches in the toddy, yeah. Six-rounder? Oh, yeah, I think he is, so. And, like, and look, sorry to the people in the room that might be with me. But I heard Twitch. Uh, Michael Connor. Oh. I think it was his show called uh, Tank Dell to steal the draft. I'm sorry, it's Puka. That's fair. Like it, Tank well, Dell might a, be number you two. You get a value that late yeah. in the draft. That's pretty impressive. But I think it's fair. And Puka is a number one wide receiver. You think Sean McVay would use Tank Dell to block in the box on a halfback dive from inside the five yard? Probably line? not. Just ask. He also might quit after the season. Do you think Sean McVay would say that's abusive to treat a little itty bitty wide receiver who's your most electric? Do you think Sean McVay's going to quit after the season? No, he, no. And the rumors have happened for the last two years. It's going to happen again. But he he drives them all because he thinks about TV and he thinks about family and he thinks about all these other things. He would but at the end of the day, I think he'd be really on good TV. on TV too. He'd be great on TV. He'd be really, really good. All right, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I saw a lot of people saying that the talk, the uh, Texans' offense yesterday was meh, not very good, average, mediocre, poor. I disagree with all of that. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five.